The Truth News Network. Lies, fake news, and spin. The Deception Dance. You need a fresh vaccine of the truth. TNN. The Truth News Network. And the doctor is in. Here's Dan Newman. Oh my gosh. Pete Moss even talking about the vaccine. And that opening, what you just heard from him, was months ago. How about that? Hello, everybody, and welcome to TNN Live, Friday edition of Big Friday. We're celebrating something really sad this weekend. Tomorrow marks 20 years since the Twin Towers in lower Manhattan were knocked down. And 2,900-plus Americans gave their lives. A sad time to think back about all of the the lives that were lost there. And then again in Pennsylvania when that plane was crashed by some very proud passengers. And of course the one that hit the Pentagon in Washington, D.C. 20 years ago to uh, tomorrow. What were you doing the exact moment when you first heard what was going on up in the eastern U.S.? I remember exactly where I was. Uh, we had just finished recently building a new office at the downtown airport in Shreveport. I was in my office, and someone knocked on my office door, one of our workers, and said, Mr. Dan, turn on your television. And the first tower had just been hit. And almost the second I turned on the TV, the second tower was hit. Do you remember the feelings that you had? You just thought, this can't happen to the United States of America. We're the greatest country on the planet. How could this happen? Who could do that? What would do that? And then again, the horrors began to unfold. Our lives changed permanently. Here we are 20 years later, and we still look very, very cautiously at what's happening in our world around us. We broaden our horizons, and we think and consider things that we never even gave a second thought back then 20 years ago. My, how things have changed, but oh, (laughs) my, how things remain the same. We have maybe a different type of, but we have the same amount of chaos, political confusion, misunderstanding, partisanship, demeaning of others. I'm bigger than you. I'm better than you. We still have those same things. Those are human traits, folks. Those are not specific to Americans and the United States of America. Humanity is what it is around the world. Yeah, we have different cultures, different social norms. We think differently. We act differently. But at the core of everybody is this one thing. We're all flesh and blood. We were all born. We all have the similar type of personalities And they change based on our circumstances and our environment, surely. But there's a deep, deep thread of humanity that runs through each and every one of us. And maybe it's time for us to remember and think about that rather than put ourselves on pedestals. And we start determining our worth based upon what we determine is the worth of others. Folks, none of that matters. None of that matters. You know, looking back earlier this week, I was just doing a little bit of thinking about that. And uh, so I went and pulled up 
the stories that we published at truthnewsnet.org this week. Starting on Monday. Well, let's see. Let's go back even further. Um, let's go back to September the 6th. What day was the 6th? Let's see here. I'm losing track of time. I apologize. The 6th was Monday, Labor Day. Let's start there. You remember the story that we published that day? Title was Big Pharma, Make Billions from COVID Vaccines. Follow the money. Do you remember that story? Let me just point out a few parts of it real quickly. We were talking about the billions of dollars that the big companies Johnson and Johnson and Moderna and Pfizer have made this year from the federal government selling to the government hundreds of millions of vaccinations. And so when we see the quarterly reports come out from these public companies, uh, Johnson and Johnson, Pfizer, Moderna, we wonder, wow, who owns these companies? Who owns them? Well, we did a deep dive and we found out about some of the shareholders of Pfizer, Moderna, and Johnson and Johnson. And the spooky thing is, the shareholders are common among all three of these big pharmacy multi-billion dollar corporations. They're owned in large and in part by companies named the Vanguard Group, BlackRock, and State Street Corporation. Those three entities, which are uh, pretty much holding companies, I can't think of a, uh, a different name, maybe investment companies, mutual companies, they're really big, large, and they own big pieces of a lot of other companies around the world. We're not just saying this is all they have and all they do. But isn't it interesting that the Vanguard Group, BlackRock, and State Street Corporation, each of those companies owned big pieces of Pfizer, Moderna, and Johnson & Johnson. Now, what, what are you talking about, Dan? Is there a conspiracy going on? I'm not saying that at all. I'm just pointing out anytime there's a question, anytime you want to find out when there is a question about, well, I don't know what's going on here and if it's legitimate or right, we tell you all the time, to get your answer, follow the money. Follow the money. And so in one of the, when you start looking at who owns the shareholders that own those companies, you can't dig down deep enough and find everybody. But let me give you an example. The Vanguard Group, BlackRock, and State Street are among the top two or three shareholders in these companies. Listen to this list. Microsoft, Apple, Amazon, ExxonMobil, U.S. Steel, the Walt Disney Company, and that includes ABC, uh, Ford Motor Company, Tesla, AT&T. AT&T owns HBO, CNN, and Warner Brothers. Verizon, Fox, Comcast, Viacom, CBS, United Airlines, Chevron, General Dynamics, Gulfstream, FedEx, Uber, PayPal, eBay, Alphabet Inc., that's Google and YouTube, General Electric, Facebook, Twitter, Tyson, PepsiCo, Coca-Cola, Raytheon, Boeing, Lockheed Martin, SeaWorld, Six Flags, General Motors, MasterCard, Visa, American Express, Wells Fargo, Bank of America, J.P. Morgan Chase, Unilever, that's Ben and Jerry's Ice Cream, The New York Times, Southwest Airlines, Delta Airlines, British Petroleum, General Mill, Mills, 
Procter & Gamble, Dell, Hewlett-Packard, Hasbro, Mattel, Sturm Ruger, DuPont, Hormel Foods, and Volkswagen that includes Porsche, Audi, and Lamborghini. Now, that may make you feel a little more comfortable because those big companies, Vanguard Group, BlackRock, and State Street, they just own a lot of other companies. But folks, collectively, they own the majority of Pfizer, Moderna, and Johnson & Johnson. That was our story on Monday. And then what about Tuesday? Well, the title of the story was Fauci's and CDC's Ever-Changing Truths are getting worse. And we turn to a doctor, of all people, get a doctor to talk to us about the truths and the falsehoods. And uh, that doctor, somebody that really knows what he's talking about, um, he kind of broke it down for us. We're not going to get into it because it's lengthy. Dr. Joseph Mercola is who we posted some of the things in the story that he has maintained from a factual perspective. And I suggest if you didn't see the story, go back and get the story from Tuesday at truthnewsnet.org. Wednesday, here we go. COVID-19 antibody passports. Are they coming? Well, that was Tuesday. Wednesday. That was Wednesday. They're not coming, folks. They're here. We'll get into that in a minute. But they're here. And just two days ago, we were talking about it. Then yesterday, the coming genocide, mass extermination of humanity, part one. Kelly Nelson wrote that story. It's part one of two. And um, that story is the most read story of the year at Truth News Network. A million of you dialed in to read that story. I got texts from all around. One of my college classmates, actually from Houston, sent me a really lengthy text confirming basically what she said was Kelly Nelson's article confirmed what she and her family had been acting out about everything to do with COVID-19, the pandemic, and vaccines. And then today's story. Actually, it's part two of that Kelly Nelson story, this piece is titled The Killer COVID Vax, a genocidal bioweapon. We were originally going to carry this story on Monday, but because of what happened yesterday afternoon, we thought it was very inappropriate to go ahead and publish it for you. Make sure that you, if you haven't already, read both of those stories. I mean, this week has been timely. I'm not a prophet. We don't prophesy here. But what we do is we follow the line of reason that runs through pretty much everything, especially everything put out by our government. We're not talking about fearful things, folks. There's no need to be afraid. Fear never accomplishes anything. Well, maybe maybe it'll keep you from sticking your finger in the fire, because you, uh, you know if that happens, <laughs> you're probably going to get burned. But anything on a substance level that, that we deal with every day runs in the background. Political things, laws, everything to do with the laws, everything to do with our government. Don't fear those things. Fear does absolutely no good. In fact, it does 
far more damage than it possibly could ever do any good. So yesterday, everybody knows this. Let me just start here. Joe Biden formally announced a plan to force companies who have more than 100 employees to vaccinate their workers or test them weekly. And he dismissed concerns about it encroaching on personal freedoms. You're going to hear from him personally here in just a moment. But I just want to kind of set up, um, set up the day, set up the status so we can both be on the same page. He did say this, quote, this is not about freedom. It's not about personal choice. It's about protecting yourself and those around you, the people you work with, the people you care about, the people you love. My job as president, he said, is to protect all Americans. In his speech, he he expressed some frustration with unvaccinated Americans multiple times and said that he understands the anger that the vaccinated have against those who have not taken the vaccine. We've been patient, he said, but our patience is wearing thin, and your refusal has cost all of us. Wow. Kind of wagging a finger in the faces of tens of millions of unvaccinated people, don't you think? Many of us, he said, are frustrated with the nearly 80 million Americans who are still not vaccinated, even though the vaccine is safe, effective, and free. You might be confused about what is true and what is false about COVID-19. You think most of the confusion that I've had with COVID-19 and everything to do with it comes from people like your COVID czar, the god of everything COVID on planet Earth, Dr. Anthony Fauci, who you push up in front of the American people again and again and again to spew all kinds of falsehoods and mis- and gross misrepresentations of everything to do with COVID-19. That's the big reason why I find it extremely difficult to understand why the leader of the free world, the president of the greatest country in U.S. history, with all of the misnomers, the unknowns, the uncertainties that go with everything to do with COVID-19 worldwide, why you would have the unmitigated gall to stand before the American people. Shake your finger at those who have chosen not to accept being vaccinated with a drug that very little is known about, with a drug, by the way, counter to what you said, Mr. President, yesterday, the Pfizer vaccine It has not been approved for regular use by the FDA. They did the switcheroo, and you are so caustic, you refuse to tell Americans the whole truth about that. Let me tell you folks the truth about that. The big announcement last week, Pfizer's vaccine for COVID-19, fully approved now by the FDA, so therefore nobody has an excuse to not be vaccinated. Folks, they didn't let you know this little tidbit. It's actually included in a very little bitty paragraph at the bottom of the FDA directive that they released publicly. Pfizer, we just found out, all along has been working on two vaccines. The big one, BioNTech is the name of it. They've been using it under an emergency use authorization only 
from the FDA from the very beginning. While they were doing this and jabbing it in the arms of Americans, and just so you know, that particular one regarding vaccine adverse effects, the report that is the CDC's that they release very quietly on their website every Friday, more than 16,000 Americans have had adverse reactions immediately after taking that Pfizer vaccine, BioNTech. More than 15,000 people have died. So why would the FDA fully approve that, Dan? Well, they didn't. It remains in emergency use authorization only. The second one, the one that you haven't heard about, I can't even right now tell you the name of that vaccine. I've never heard it until I saw it in the release by the FDA. It's the only one that has been fully authorized for general use. Now, why would they do that? Here's another thing, an omission by our president, the guy that is so concerned about your health care, folks. What they didn't tell you is the reason the FDA colluded, you heard me, you heard me, you heard me correctly. The FDA colluded with Pfizer. There is no question about it. In fact, two people that sit on the FDA are former Pfizer employees. So here's what they did. They wanted to be able to say Pfizer, the Pfizer vaccine fully approved by the FDA. The FDA approved the other one that nobody's heard about. Not a whole lot of testing, but there haven't been really many adverse affected. Meanwhile, in this directive by the FDA, they said, we feel that both of these Pfizer vaccines are interchangeable. But they didn't approve BioNTech. So how do the numbers compare? 99 to 1 for every one of the fully approved Pfizer vaccinations that are given. 99 BioNTech vaccinations are given. So what does that mean? Why would they do that? It's very simple. When a pharmacy company is testing medications of all kinds, not just vaccines, and there's an emergency situation in the nation, the FDA will give these drug companies what's called an EUA, Emergency Use Authorization. That's what the FDA gave to Moderna, to Pfizer, and to Johnson & Johnson. AstraZeneca, they haven't approved even for emergency use only in the U.S. It's being used widely in Europe and Asia. Why haven't we used it over here? Follow the money, folks. Follow the money. Anyway, I won't go off in that tangent, but what I will tell you is here's what's going on. Did you know that a pharmacy company, when they are distributing any medication for which the FDA has branded EUA for emergency use authorization, only for emergency purposes, you can't sue the pharmacy company if you die or your loved one dies or has adverse reactions to those vaccines. The government indemnifies Big Pharma for those. 
But once it's given full authorization, from that point forward, all of the liability for anything that happens because of that vaccine or that medication of any kind, the pharmacy company is 100% liable for all of that. So they kept the BioNTech vaccine in EUA status for that purpose. And they're today using BioNTech. When you go ask for a Pfizer vaccine, they never give you a choice of the two. They just default to BioNTech and they jab you with that. If something happens to you, that's no big deal to Pfizer. The federal government's going to take care of it. It's people in power, including the people in the White House, that know all this stuff and are using it as a tool, a weapon against their citizens in the United States. They know better than I know. The BioNTech is a deadly vaccine, and it's a long way away from being the kind of vaccine that we should be jabbing into our young people and even our elderly people jabbing it in their arms. The truth will out. The truth is going to out. Now, what was shocking, and it, it let, me, let me just rephrase that. It wasn't shocking because we predicted, as you know, we've been predicting for a long time that this government push for mandatory vaccinations, being policed with some type of vaccine, passport was going to happen coming down the pike and we early this week predicted it was it was going to happen at any time imminent and of course here we are very very stealthily the way the Biden administration has handled this is they haven't done a federal US wide mandate they knew that they would immediately be con- confronted and there would be all kind of litigation to go on so what Biden is doing he's going through OSHA OSHA governs and implements and polices all of the regulations working people experience inside their employment. And so declaring an emergency and sending OSHA out to enact all of the correcting things that need to be happening moving forward because of this emergency, which according to the federal government is... COVID-19, so they're going to keep the workplace and workers safe by making everybody get vaccinated. Hmm. He's trying to walk a thin line so that it will be viewed as being legal because he declared it an emergency, and OSHA, the federal agency that obviously is over taking care of all workers, they're the ones that are going to be implementing this emergency action. So that means 80 million people overnight. You got to be vaccinated or you can't work. Or you got to be tested one time a week and wear a mask perpetually because it's an emergency declared by the White House and the workplace has got to be kept free of COVID-19. There are so many conundrums in all this. Oh, my gosh. 
And of course, Joe and his speech, if you didn't hear it, it's about 28 minutes long. It's worth worth listening to. We could play it for you here, but I'd get nauseated all over again. Not going to do it. You can find it at YouTube very easily. But what they're doing, folks, what he is doing, what he is perpetrating, you remember when he was campaigning, he wanted to be the president that unites America and Americans. He's 180 degrees away from that. Everything he's doing has nothing to do with uniting America. Yesterday, he blasted every unvaccinated American. The reason we're here, he said, is because people have not gotten vaccinated. 80 million of them, not because of any other reason. Jen Psaki yesterday was asked if Biden regretted a decision to declare independence from the coronavirus in July, only to have cases and hospitalizations go up here in the U.S. She noted that COVID was a smart virus. I couldn't believe she said that. She's not a doctor. She called it a smart virus that had evolved and would require them, the Biden administration, to level more stringent vaccine mandates. She denied that his new speech on fighting the virus was a reaction to the president's poll numbers on handling the coronavirus falling 12 points since April. This is not a political speech, she said, and it's certainly not about poll numbers. Oh my gosh, who would believe that any politician in Washington wouldn't make decisions (laughs) based on polling numbers? Wow. So let me just give you a little, little piece. This is only about a minute and a half of what Biden says. And he gives in this minute and a half, 90 seconds or so, he gives the justification for what he's doing. Ladies and gentlemen, the President of the United States, Joseph Biden. We must increase vaccinations among the unvaccinated with new vaccination requirements. Of the nearly 80 million eligible Americans who have not gotten vaccinated, many said they were waiting for approval from the Food and Drug Administration, the FDA. Well, last month, the FDA granted that approval. So, the time for waiting is over. This summer, we made progress through the combination of vaccine requirements and incentives, as well as the FDA approval. Four million more people got their first shot in August than they did in July. But we need to do more. This is not about freedom or personal choice. So tonight, I'm announcing that the Department of Labor is developing an emergency rule to require all employers with 100 or more employees that together employ over 80 million workers to ensure their workforces are fully vaccinated. Here's what he said December 4th. No, I don't think it should be mandatory. I wouldn't demand to be mandatory, but I would do everything in my power. Just like I don't think masks have to be made mandatory nationwide. I'll do everything in my power as President of the United States to encourage people to do the right thing and when they do it, demonstrate that it matters. That's why I said December 14th. Once again, the American America, the rule of law, our constitution, and the will of the people prevailed. Yeah, yeah. 
December 4th, no, we're not going to ever, the federal government is not going to mandate. December 14th, I just want everybody to do the constitutional thing, and uh, we can't. I don't have the power to do a vaccine mandate. I wonder what changed. I wonder who rang the bell in the White House and said, hey, Joe, it's time for you to take on the real stuff that authoritarian leaders around the world can do. Force the American people to do something. To heck with that free will thing. To heck with that freedom. To heck with that my body, my choice thing that you've been touting for years. Let's vax them and make them get the jab. That's what's going on, folks. That's exactly what's going on. There are a couple of doctors. Wait a minute, wait a minute. Doctors, doctors know the truth. Why would they refuse to be vaccinated? Folks, there are a lot of a lot of doctors, a lot of healthcare workers. You remember two weeks ago we had the mother of that young lady who was a nurse in a big hospital on the West Coast in California, Northern California. She runs the emergency department of their hospital. She says that a huge majority of the patients that are coming to the ER at that big hospital are vaccinated Americans that got COVID, many of them in really bad shape. The majority, and a large majority, mainstream media is not picking that up. Oh, by the way, in Israel, which is the most vaccinated country on the planet, in Israel, in the last 30 days, 70% of the admissions in hospitals in Israel for COVID-19 are in people who are already vaccinated. Remember that. Free will. <laughs> oh my gosh. Listen, listen to this doctor explaining why she and her husband, who's a doctor, are refusing to be vaccinated for COVID-19 and the price they are willing to pay. A local doctor says she and her husband, who is also a doctor, are prepared to lose their jobs for not getting vaccinated against COVID-19. She says she's fighting for personal choice, but one of the hospitals where she works says it has a duty to protect patients and employees. WFMZ's Jamie Stover has more. Dr. Chomney Wheeler says she's not against vaccines. She's had the flu shot and others, but she did not get vaccinated against COVID-19. And even as a healthcare worker, doesn't think she should have to. We have to give individuals the freedom to choose their life for themselves. Dr. Wheeler is employed through a physician's group and works at St. Luke's Anderson campus, but doesn't work for St. Luke's. Her husband is an ER doctor for St. Luke's, and she says he also did not get the vaccine. St. Luke's, along with other area hospitals, hospitals is mandating it. They know what that means. So yes, I'm willing to lose my job. Dr. Jeffrey Jari is an infectious disease specialist and senior vice president for medical and academic affairs at St. Luke's. We always feel that along with rights, there is a second door and that's responsibility. Our first responsibility is to protect our patients 
from contracting a disease which certainly can be deadly or crippling. Dr. Wheeler has issue with that too. I'm sorry to say, but they don't have proof that it is for the greater good when there's vaccinated and unvaccinated are carriers. That's why we're wearing masks as a vaccinated or unvaccinated. Even if not perfect, Dr. Jari says the vaccines drastically reduce risk. These vaccines in a certain proportion of individuals that can range in the lowest incidence in terms of 40% and up to 80% will protect you from getting the disease, period. If you don't have the disease, if you're not infected with the disease, asymptomatic or otherwise, you can't spread it. Dr. Wheeler also has issue with the mandate given the newness of the vaccines. Dr. Jari says history shows major vaccine side effects are typically identified within one to two months of being on the market. The COVID vaccines have been around much longer. He also says mRNA technology, which is used in the COVID vaccines, has been studied for 30 years. Jamie Stover, 69 News. Oh, and by the way, the doctor that invented, Dr. Malone, that invented mRNA, we had him here on the show. You heard come out of his mouth, don't you dare get a COVID-19 vaccination shot. You can't fix it with a vaccination. That's from the guy that invented mRNA 30 years ago. Oh, but you know, we got to forget about the facts. Well, you want some more facts? While you were sleeping, guess what happened? Guess what the FDA did? They found out there's a problem with the definition of the term, the legal definition of vaccine. And so somebody got on the phone down there and called Dr. Rochelle Walensky, the head of the CDC, and said very quietly in Joe Biden speak, we've got to revise the definition for vaccine and vaccination. (laughs) And here's what a spokesman said yesterday. While there have been some slight changes in wording over time to the definition of vaccine on the CDC's website, those haven't impacted the overall definition. The previous definition could be interpreted to mean that vaccines are 100% effective, which has never been the case for any vaccine. That we tell everybody, you get vaccinated for the mumps, you're not going to get the mumps. You get vaccinated for measles, you're not going to get the measles. Get vaccinated for polio, you're not going to get polio. I mean, after all, that's what they tell us these vaccinations have always been for, right? From 2015 to August 31st, August 31st, folks, last week, a vaccine was legally defined as, quote, a product that stimulates a person's immune system to produce immunity to a specific disease, protecting the person from that disease. And vaccination was legally defined as, the act of introducing a vaccine into the body to produce immunity to a specific disease. The definitions included the word immunity. Well, CDC and their legal beagles, they said real quickly, we got to change that definition now because COVID-19, it doesn't produce immunity and we surely can't say that it does. Sometimes it does, 
but what we really don't know if it ever does. Here's what the new definition says, quote, a preparation that is used to stimulate the body's immune response against diseases. That's what a vaccine is. The definition of vaccination now says it is, quote, the act of introducing a vaccine into the body to produce protection from a specific disease. Okay. Emmy Award-winning investigative reporter. You see her pretty regularly, Cheryl Atkinson. She said this about the new definition. It was made to, quote, meet the declining ability of some of today's vaccines, including the COVID-19 vaccine, adding that after the COVID vaccines were introduced, and it was discovered they don't necessarily prevent disease or provide immunity, the CDC altered the definition of vaccines again to say that they merely produce protection. I wonder how, I'm just, just asking, I wonder how many people that have been talked to, pressured to, given information to induce them to put themselves out there to be vaccinated. How many of those people were giving the disclaimer of, hey guys, you know we told you that if you get a vaccine against COVID-19, that's the only way you're going to live. How many times did we hear the inference, if not the actual wording, if you don't get a vaccination, you're going to die and you're going to kill everybody around you? How many times did they say, oh, by the way, in full disclosure, it doesn't necessarily bring immunity. It's going to help protect you against the disease. 80 million people, as of last night, are in the gun sites of an egregious administration and a man who pointed his finger perpetually over four years at the face of former President Donald Trump and screamed many times, as only Joe Biden can do, and saying, he's a dictator. He wants to bypass the American people's representatives in the U.S. Congress, and he wants to govern by executive order against the Constitution and against the will of the people. Ladies and gentlemen, his dictatorship, Adolf, Joe Biden, 80 million Americans are in his bullseye. You love chocolate. Mmm, chocolate. You love M&M's. Oh, yes. But your tastes have grown up, and you're just not wild about super sweet milk chocolate. So you've been avoiding M&M's. Yeah. Well, fear no more. Huh? M&M's dark chocolate to the rescue. My heroes. M&M's dark chocolate candies. Available wherever fine candies are sold. Could switching to GEICO really save you 15% or more on car insurance? Did the little piggy cry wee, wee, wee all the way home? Wee! Wee, wee! 
You're home. Oh, cool. Thanks, Mrs. A. Geico. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. Morning face. You get it when you don't sleep well. This is what happened to Linda. Morning, guys. Good morning. Ah, what is that thing? It's me, Linda. Oh, my God, it talks. Run! No, it's me, Linda, from HR. It looks hungry. Save the children. Save them. What? Stay back. I've got mace. Ow, that went in my eyes. Quit moving. It's called beauty sleep for a reason. And there's never been a better time to get some. Get 20% off IKEA salt and mattresses. IKEA. Love your home. Lowe's knows you're a craftsman guy. You have a lot of tools. Tools for everything you've done around the house. But there's the moment you realize your new project means new tools. When tool guys need new tools, they start with Lowe's. The new home of craftsmen. When Bolshevik Barbie throws shade, you have the weapon of light. The truth. TNN. The Truth News Network. Folks, my reference to, to Adolf Biden, using the term Adolf, yeah, I was referencing, for your memory's purposes, what happened in World War II in Germany. Let me just let me just tell you this. Um, compare where you and I are today, and don't for a second think that I'm uh, I'm saying that we're headed for you know a Nazi purging of the unvaccinated. I, here's what I'm saying: put it in perspective, the thinking of the people when what happened to the Jews in Germany actually happened, the run up to that. Let me tell you this: I've been to Dachau the prison camp, the concentration camp in Germany. I've been there. I spent half a day there. When I walked into the front gates at Dachau, it was almost like a feeling that you get when you or you got when you were a kid and you went to a haunted house in Halloween. It was a feeling of dread, of fear. When I walked through the front gates, I was with three other guys and they said the same thing. We said it at the exact same time. But let me get to what I was referencing. Dachau is outside, it's a prison outside of the town of Dachau in Germany. And they kept thousands of Jews there. And so what they would do at the very beginning, Jews that were housed there, I say housed, they were packed into dormitories. I've been in the dormitories. Um, They would just, in small groups, they would just disappear. Nobody could figure out the fellow Jewish people that were in there couldn't figure out where they went. They thought maybe they just got transferred. So here's what would happen. Jewish uh, German guard would come up and say, hey, look, everybody, you're going to go take a shower today. And everybody was happy because they would go weeks without being able to bathe. They weren't fed well. Sometimes they were starving to death. In most every case, that was the case. And so they followed the guards and you go over and there's this building, brick and concrete, pretty good-sized building. And on one side of it is a room where the shower, it's just big, a big open room, and the shower heads hang down from the ceiling. And so the first little small room you walk into was a place to take off your clothes and hang them on a hook. 
And the obvious thinking is, is we're going to go in there and take a shower, then we'll come back out and bathe and, you know, we'd put on our clothes, dry off and put on our clothes. Well, they left the room and they went into the shower room, door locked behind them. Those shower heads weren't shower heads, folks. It was gas. And they turned the gas on and killed them all. Hundreds at a time in that big room. But they weren't done there. And folks, I walked in and through this very building. When everybody died in the room, there was a fan, a big fan, an exhaust fan on one end that would suck the gas out of the room. A door would open on the other side of that room and they would drag the Jewish bodies into the next room, which today still has four large ovens where they cremated the bodies of those Jewish people. Now, when those people who had been packed into these dormitory-like facilities for weeks on end, never getting any exercise, just basically getting fed and just stuck there, they get a chance to go take a shower. Never thinking that 30 minutes later, They were going to die 45 minutes later. They were going to be cremated in a German oven. Not trying to scare you. I'm trying to think and just paint a a particular possibility in people's minds for us to remember. Those Jewish people, they were just living in Germany. Yeah, they were of a different religious perspective. And they knew that they were not well thought of and liked by a lot of people, but they never attached that to the fact that days later, weeks later, months later, a couple of years later, they were going to be slaughtered in the hundreds by an egregious dictator, Adolf Hitler. I'm not saying Joe Biden fits the role. I'm not saying that at all. What I am saying is keep an open mind. Keep an open mind. So don't you think for a second what happened yesterday evening wasn't planned for a long time. Why and how do I know that? Well, guess what was announced yesterday? Walmart, Amazon, and Kroger have been contacted and have contracted with the federal government to play a big role in the COVID-19 pandemic fix. These retail giants have agreed to sell at-home rapid COVID-19 tests to the public at cost. Well, it's going to take them a while to ramp that up, right? Nope. This week, folks, this weekend, Walmart, Amazon, and Kroger are going to be selling these tests. The tests are going to be available for purchase online or in stores at a discount, hey, 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 of up to 35% for the next 90 days. The Biden administration... They unveiled their plan to expand access to affordable COVID-19 tests. And it's part of Joe's six-pronged effort to address a surge in cases due to the Delta variant. They're not saying, folks, a surge in deaths. We told you the misrepresentation of that is exactly that, a misrepresentation. I'm not discounting the fact that there are case numbers that have been jumping up around in certain parts of the U.S., not in every part. 
and the mainstream media. They're not talking about anything but a surge in cases. Oh, my, everybody, everybody's getting exposed, and it's because of the unvaccinated people. There's no surge in deaths. There is no surge in deaths. Coronavirus's mortality rate today is less. It's down from where it was January 1st this year. January of 2021, 104,265 Americans died from COVID-19. February, it dropped to 46,000. March, 22,000. April, 18,000. May, when the Delta variant went rampant, all the case numbers ramped up. People are going to start dying. The death rates are going to go back like they were in December and January. April, 18,000. May, 14,000. June, 7,000. July, 1,208. August, 700. But we've got to get a mandatory vaccine because if you're unvaccinated, you're killing Americans. Can't joke about it, folks. This is really happening. So what's been the reaction? Well, obviously, you know that there has been an amazing amount of pushback already. Republican members of Congress, state governors, were appalled by the news Thursday. Even some Democrat-controlled state governors are going bonkers over this. How could Biden force employers with more than 100 workers to require vaccinations or even to test employees every week? And these members of Congress and these state governors are vowing to block the new policy and terming it is unconstitutional. The mandate, Joe said, is going to affect 80 million workers, but it may be as high as 100 million Americans. This is absolutely unconstitutional. That's from Representative Thomas Massey, a Republican from Kentucky. He tweeted that along with a link to Joe Biden's speech. Mandates are not the answer, Representative Neil Dunn, Republican of Florida, said in response. Getting the vaccine should be up to you and your doctor, not the federal government. All 9 million federal employees should consult with their doctor and make a personal informed decision about taking the vaccine. Lauren Boebert, Republican of Colorado. Instead, Sleepy Joe says, take it or else. You don't lead by coercion. Biden has failed as a leader in every way, and he's failing again. Robert Adderholt, Republican from Alabama, this is unconstitutional. The Constitution does not give the president, any president, this type of authority. Nowhere in Article 2 of the Constitution will you find anything that even remotely gives the president this kind of power. And then Arizona Republican Governor Doug Ducey. He said this, this is exactly the kind of big government overreach we've tried so hard to prevent in Arizona. Now the Biden-Harris administration is hammering down on private businesses and individual freedoms in an unprecedented and dangerous way. This will never stand up in court. But he wasn't through. 
Ducey continued, this dictatorial dictatorial approach is wrong, un-American, and will do far more harm than good. How many workers will be displaced? How many kids kept out of classrooms? How many businesses fined? The vaccine is and should be a choice we must and we will push back. Representative Lloyd Smucker, Republican from Pennsylvania, I strongly oppose Biden's authoritarian vaccine mandates and believe it is a massive government overreach. South Dakota Governor Kristi Noem, she also weighed in on the news. Her state is ready to hold the Biden administration legally responsible for an unconstitutional executive rule. My legal team is standing by, she said, ready to file our lawsuit the minute Joe Biden files his executive order. This gross example of federal intrusion will not stand. And then the old Democrat election slogan, the old Obama slogan, elections have consequences. Well, it wasn't Obama saying that this time. It was Representative Mo Brooks, a Republican from Alabama, as he shared news on Twitter. Biden's mandate underscores how important it is for Americans to know and weigh candidates' policies when they vote. Liberty and freedom are at stake here. Andy Biggs, Republican from Arizona, he, he said he's going to introduce legislation to block the mandates. Good luck, Representative Biggs. <laughs> I hope you can get some consensus in the House to make this happen. I'll be introducing legislation to block this egregious assault on Americans' freedom and liberty, he said. we got to fight against these attempts to force vaccine mandates on the American people. And the list goes on and on and on and on. People are standing up, people in Congress. Here's the problem, though, folks. They started too late. They, like us here at Truth News Network, should have recognized months ago that this administration was headed down this road. This nation, in our leadership, obviously in our White House, our presidential administration, but in our leadership in the United States Congress, has moved so far left in just the last 10 months now. I'm throwing it all the way back into November at election time. Who would have thought that we could, in a period of 10 months, move so far to the left politically that we would even contemplate forcing a majority of the populated United States, 330 million here, he's pushing for 250 or so million people to be vaccinated, and most of those, it looks like, are going to be vaccinated without their permission, without their approval. How could we ever move that far to the left? Listen to what I'm going to tell you. We didn't just move that far to the left, folks. It didn't just happen. It happened over time. We've been moving that way very quietly in most respects. But look at the landscape of what's been happening since Biden's been president and even in the second half of President Trump's term in office, anger, 
not protest, rioting, looting. Crime has gone crazy. Stupid legislation presented. I mean, spending money like we have. We're not spending our own tax dollars. We're, we're not spending our kids' tax dollars. We're not spending their kids' tax dollars. It's six generations down right now. We're writing IOUs for our great-great-great-great-grandkids. All of this stuff is happening, and you can't tie it together and wrap a nice little bow around it and say, this is how an effective representative republic operates. Free market system, capitalism. No, 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 no. The left have been pushing hard, pushing our overall thought process in government. They've been pushing it hard as far left as they possibly could get it to go. And this that's happening right now in Joe Biden's first term in the White House, everybody on the left is looking at November 2022, and they're petrified and horrified because they know they're going to lose control of the House and the Senate, probably. Joe Biden's second half of his term in office, if he lasts that long, he's going to struggle to get any legislation passed while we watch, while he watches and the left watches, all of this stuff being undone. If you think that right now today, folks, what I just told you, and you breathed in relief, don't go there. Do you think, do you think this Democrat party, under the leadership of Nancy Pelosi and Chuck Schumer, with Barack Obama sitting four blocks away from the White House in his White House slash shadow government, do you think they haven't been building and undergirding to do whatever they can do to make sure that move back to the middle politically doesn't happen? How could they do that, Dan? How could they, how could they justify all of the chaos, the horror, the stolen voting, the misrepresented in the voting system in November 3rd. How could they change elections? Oh, don't go there. That's a conspiracy theory. Listen to what popped up this morning, folks. In Pennsylvania, the Public Interest Legal Foundation released a research brief yesterday, this time reporting that more than 440,000 mail ballots in Pennsylvania went missing are undeliverable in a state that Biden won by a certified margin of 80,555 votes. 440,000 mail-in ballots. And of course, that number set a record. (laughs) Go figure. The state lost track of more ballots than the difference in votes. Did you hear that? 80,555 was the margin of victory for Joe Biden in Pennsylvania. But it just accidentally happened. The state lost track of more ballots, more than the 80,555 votes. A total of 3.1 million ballots were mailed to Pennsylvania voters in 2020. Of those, 
one, uh, excuse me, 3.1 million. What happened to 425,606 of those mail-in ballots? It's unknown. That's according to data provided by the U.S. Election Assistance Commission. In addition, 15,000 were determined to be undeliverable. 34,000 returned by voters were rejected. All told, 440,781 mail ballots were either undeliverable or unknown. You can't talk about that. That's a conspiracy. Don't tell me that everything's going to be okay just because we want it to be. And we do. And if you're a Christian, which I am, I have hope and I have faith. And I do believe we're going to get through there. But it's not going to be because of Joe Biden. It's not going to be because of Kamala Harris or Chuck Schumer or Nancy Pelosi or Donald Trump. If we get through this intact as a nation, it will happen only for one reason. Listen to what I'm about to tell you, folks. It will be if our nation turns to God for assistance and help to get through this. How do you know that, Dan? I read the Bible. I've read all the stories. I've read all the red lettering in the Bible. That's the part I really love to read. For those of you that don't read the Bible or don't know what that is, the red letter edition, everything Jesus said is highlighted in red. I've read it all. We're going to be okay, individually and collectively, if we turn our hearts to God for leadership, for input, for guidance, and we follow the instructions that are given there. What are you saying, Dan? If we don't do that, if the nation doesn't do that, I can't be responsible for what my fellow citizens do or don't do. We can't make them do that. We can't make our leaders do it. No, we can't. We can't. But if we serve God, there's somebody who can turn this big ship around. It happened once before. It happened twice before, three times, four times. It happened in history all around the world, folks, when a populace, egregious and in such terrible shape as throughout history, if you read the history books and what we learned in high school and college, we know how bad it got. I mean, who would have thought in the United States of America that on a Sunday morning in one of the most beautiful places on planet Earth, A bunch of Japanese jets could fly over Pearl Harbor and blow it to smithereens and sink the Arizona to the bottom of the harbor where still to this day several thousand men's bodies are in the Arizona. I've been over it. I've watched the oil bubbles come up from the hull of the Arizona. Who would have thought that could have happened? Who could have thought that what I explained to you about the prison camp at Dachau in Germany, who could have thought that any human beings could slaughter six million uh, fellow human beings just because of their ethnicity? Who could have thought that would ever would happen? Who could have stood by 
and watched the hanging of black men just because they were black. Humans can be really, really ugly. And folks, what Joe Biden laid out yesterday afternoon, some pretty dire stuff, some pretty heavy consequences. And if you think for one minute what you heard yesterday is the end game that they are planning on or pushing for, oh, no, 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 no. Remember what we've told you all along here. How many times on TNN Live and even in our written stories, how many times have I ever pinned or said this? No longer is the political perspective in D.C. to personally and collectively gain power over money. It's no longer about the money. What it's about, folks, is unmitigated unfettered, and total control. Power over people, power over companies, power over institutions, power over government, power over all the resources of the federal government with the unfettered unilateral authority to do whatever the heck they want to do, sometimes just because they want to do it. Certainly not because what they would do is because of the will of the American people. Those days, at least for now, are gone. Real Truth, Real News, TNN, the Truth News Network. At Target, our first priority is the health of you, your families, and our team members. That's why we now require guests to wear a mask or face covering and continue to provide masks and gloves to protect our team members. Every day, we deep clean our stores and wipe down carts and baskets after every use. And you can always count on easy, contactless shopping options like drive-up and same-day delivery. We believe in always taking care, and we'll always do that for you. Learn more at Target.com slash a bullseye view. I'm a Verizon engineer, and today we're turning on 5G across the country, including right here in New York City. With the coverage of 5G nationwide and in more and more cities, the unprecedented performance of ultra-wideband. It will change your phone and how businesses do everything. I'm proud because we didn't build it the easy way. We built it right. This is the 5G America's been waiting for, only from Verizon. 5G ultra-wideband available only in parts of select cities. 5G nationwide available in 1,800 plus cities. Drinking water is essential to your health. That's why you need to drink plenty of water to keep you hydrated throughout the day. Unlike power drinks or soft drinks, water is truly the only drink that can quench your thirst. It's an easy, refreshing way to keep your body healthy and strong. Freshen up today with a brisk, cool bottle of water. Let's go. Let's get some happy music going at TNN Live. Yeah. I can't tell you how many times I heard this played at college football games, high school football games, the band, especially basketball games inside an arena when they start this part. Oh my gosh, the place is rock. And that fits into where we need to be right now. We need to get on the high side of all of this stuff, don't we? Well, you know, going into the break, I I talked to you about the purpose 
for what we're seeing play out. And in my opinion, I mean, it looks like that's what direction it's going, it being our federal government going to a position of amassing more and more power. Whenever that happens, you got to have allies. I mean, if you're in government, you can't do anything solo. You got to have people that are in cahoots with you. You've got to be able to draw those in with you that have the authority and also have the audience to which you can say things and bring everybody together. And this is a nation of 330 million people. It's a pretty big deal to get anything big happen happening. So this new mandate thing that Joe promises he's going to he's going to put out there that's going to be challenged. Um and he made it very clear in his speech, "Hey, I have authority over the federal government in the way of federal employees and our executive orders, our mandates apply there." Um, and so I'm saying every employee of the federal government must be vaccinated. Well, it came out a little bit last night on CNN, Don Lemon's show. Biden's senior advisor and director of the White House Office of Public Engagement, my buddy from South Louisiana, Cedric Richmond, with, he's the guy who Monday a week ago, Joe Biden on a Zoom broadcast, he said, here with me is... Cedric Richmond from Louisiana, my boy. Cedric's a black man. And Joe called him his boy. Nobody on the left, including Don Lemon, who had Joe's boy, Cedric Richmond, on his show last night, said anything about the president saying that, which was obviously racist. Anyway, on to what they discussed last night. On Lemon's show, Richmond stated that it appears that the Postal Service will not fall under the vaccine requirement for federal employees because they're an independent agency, which is horse hockey. They're an agency in the federal government. We taxpayers own it all. We're the ones that play, uh, pay the billions of dollars to them every year. The deficit part of their operations, they take our tax dollars and then spend billions more than we give them in tax money because it's run so poorly. Anyway, Richmond had the gall to say they're an independent agency, and he continued, but to the extent that they would fall under our labor standards, which they do because they're federal employees, if that is the rule, I don't understand him in including that phrase, if that is the rule, then that's where it's going to fall. And that if they fall under labor standards, then the rules will apply to them. Now think this through. Why would somebody in the administration even say that about one of the agencies? I'll get to that in a moment. Richmond then said, well, from what I looked at so far, Don, it appears that the post office is an independent agency. But, uh, you know, if that's the rule, that's what they're going to do. They're going to have to deal with it. We're not playing favorites here. We are very clear. We're going to err on the side of protecting our children and our vulnerable population. So we're doing the responsible thing. And so we're not picking winners and losers. If you're required by law to do it, the chips will fall where they may. And he added, he restated, Quote, if they fall under labor standards, then the rules will apply to them. Well, everybody knows 
The Postal Service is a federal agency, just like the military is a federal agency, like the Internal Revenue Service is a federal agency, and on and on and on and on. So Biden said every federal employee is going to be held accountable under this executive order. Why would they even float this post office thing out there? Let me tell you why. They have their own union. And their union is nasty. And they probably have some, I don't want to say dirt, but some compromising information on some people from, you know, high levels in government. And they basically put the word out, not us, Joe. Our people aren't going to do that. Now, in the context of why and the justification Joe Biden gave the American people last night for doing this vaccine mandate thing, which was to protect everybody, who in the federal government, just tell me, who in the federal government has more close contact with random federal people every day than do the members of the Postal Service. So it's a two-way street. If they're unvaccinated, they're interfacing with Americans every day, and they don't know if the people with who they interface are vaccinated, right? And so the people that kids, moms, dads, Neighbors, people that wait at the mailbox to go pick up the mail, or they've got a package delivery, and sometimes the mailman, the mail person, will bring the package to the front door, knock on the door, hand you something to sign as a certification that you got the package. No agency in the federal government has more or nearly as much direct contact face-to-face with the other people than do members of the U.S. Post Office, but they're looking for justification for floating a trial balloon that maybe, oh maybe, postal workers won't be covered by this. Political purposes, folks. Political purposes. A lot of power in unions. And speaking of unions, the leader of the Los Angeles Firefighters for Freedom John Knox, he's a firefighter in L.A. He's the head of the Firefighters for Freedom. Yesterday, he said that a vaccine mandate, if it's imposed on first responders, violates God-given rights articulated in the Constitution. He said this, We're a group of firefighters in the city of L.A. who have been mandated by the city and the county to get the shot by September 30th or get fired. Los Angeles Mayor Eric Garcetti initially announced a vaccine mandate for city employees late in July. Unvaccinated city employees would be forced to go through weekly COVID tests if they want to keep the job. Weeks later, the Los Angeles City Council voted to remove city employees' option to have negative COVID tests in lieu of the vaccinations. Knox said, that's not okay with us. We believe that as citizens of the U.S., we have the right to freedom of choice to do what we want with our bodies. And so we've basically drawn a line in the sand, said that we will not go and get the shot. And we have this constitutional right. All throughout this pandemic, we've worked through it. 
without having the ability to take a shot or being mandated to take it, he said. As firefighters, one of the things we do is manage and we mitigate risk. We've been able to work through this over the past 18 months, not have this has been an issue. None of it has. Now, all of a sudden, we get a statement that says, you're going to do this or get fired. It's ludicrous, and we will not stand for it. That's just one, folks. That's just one. It's going to happen all across the nation. You're going to see what people, in the next few days, few weeks, you're going to see what people are really made of. And guess what's going to happen? I'm going to make a prediction here. And we're 100% so far in what we've rolled out over the last week of probabilities regarding all of this stuff. If you think that it's been divisive in the United States over the last year, two, three, four, we haven't seen anything yet. We literally are about to see every day, every night, thousands, maybe hundreds of thousands of people in the streets fighting this. Why would you think that, Dan? Look at what's been happening in Europe. You don't get to see it or hear anything about it on national television shows. They very seldom cover it. But if you dig down deep, folks, in major cities throughout Europe, every day the people are in the streets going crazy by the tens of thousands in Paris, in Berlin, big cities in Europe where they're implementing these mandatory vaccination requirements, people are going nuts. Australia. Australia is under the most egregious lockdown, I think, that anybody's seen so far on earth. And the U.S. is headed just that far. So I'm not saying that all of the people that are in the streets are people that are protesting and are upset about the vaccination requirements. I'm talking about division. People that are on the other side of that will be just as engaged in potential violence, in protest demonstrations, rioting, looting, all those rolled into one. You think Seattle and Portland last year were big deals? Minneapolis, in the wake of the George Floyd killing? You see nothing left. Nothing yet. It's going to get worse. And you're going to see the most unusual people come out for and against this. Fox News. Fox News requires their employees to be vaccinated and have for some time. I didn't know that. A very conservative outlet, you would think they would not push that on their employees. But I do know this. Their employees, many of them have some really, really big contracts. I'm, I'm, I'm talking about eight, nine-figure contracts. That much, Dan? Yep, that much. Geraldo Rivera. I got to be honest with you, for years and years, I've not been a Geraldo fan. I think he's always been, and I think he still is, every time he gets a microphone and a TV camera. It's pretty much all about Geraldo Rivera, whatever and whoever he's reporting on. Well, yesterday he said this, and I'm going to quote him. Everyone should get the damn vaccine because people have no right to negatively impact my family, he said. This was a president who was doing something that he feels necessary to curb an emergency that has already, ladies and gentlemen, taken more lives than the American Civil War. 
let's put it in the context. Well, it it hasn't taken more lives than the Civil War. More than 600,000 people died in the Civil War, Geraldo. Get your facts straight, especially if you're going to preach to us. But he wasn't through preaching. This is what we're talking about. We're not talking about you don't have a right to drink if you're 19 or you don't have a right to have a license before you're 16. This is about life and death. He's impatient. He's angry. He thought he would be remembered as the president who crushed COVID, and instead COVID is threatening to crush his agenda. So, of course, he's in every way frustrated. Geraldo identifies with Joe Biden. They're two peas out of the same pod, folks. Did you hear what he just said? He thought, he being Biden, thought he would be remembered as the president who crushed COVID. But instead, COVID is threatening to crush his agenda. So, of course, he's frustrated. It's all about the big personality. It's all about big power. Anything, anybody that threatens any of that is evil. We're going to see more and more and more people divided in the streets, going after people who just simply have an opinion opposite from yours. Wow. And this is all happening. You know, the reality of COVID. I gave you the death numbers, folks. Those numbers I gave you are from the CDC. The experts, Fauci and Dr. Rochelle Walensky's fiefdom. Deaths from COVID-19 have declined every month since December of last year. 104,000 January after uh, 98,000 in December. 104,000 January. That was the only time we've gone over 100,000 deaths in the nation at COVID-19's hand. 104,000 January. Cut in half in one month. 46,000 in February. Cut in half again. March, 22,000. April, 18. May, 14. June, only 7,000. July, 1,208. August, 700. And we're going to lock down the world and make everybody take a vaccination. Israel is the poster child for COVID-19 and COVID vaccinations. Israel is the first country to reach herd immunity. But now, a big rise in cases again. Most of the people testing positive are vaccinated Israeli people. The Washington Post of all all newspapers in the nation have been all over this. The trend, this vaccinated people getting COVID, it's brought a slew of questions about the efficacy of COVID-19 vaccines. Go figure. Wow. We were told for years vaccinations make you exempt from whatever disease you're being vaccinated for, right? If you get vaccinated, you're not going to get polio or the mumps or the flu. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. People still get the flu. They get vaccinated. In fact, a lot of people do. What's going on here? It's an efficacy of the vaccination, folks. It's not working. In Israel, while these trends initially seem like cause for vaccine skepticism, a closer look at Israel's curtain outbreaks shows that vaccines are effective in working even against the Delta variant. Now, isn't this interesting? 
This is the Washington Post. They reported 70% of the infections, the hospitalizations, the positive tests now from Israeli people, 70% that are testing positive are already vaccinated. So here, then the Washington Post just spins that. Here's an example. Last week, they say, Israel recorded an average 77, excuse me, 775 new daily cases. This is Israel's highest number of daily new infections since March. The average number of weekly hospital admissions is currently 120 people. The country has reimposed mask mandates, social distancing, and quarantines for everyone coming to Israel. Just like many in other countries, the recent outbreak has been driven by the more contagious and more vaccine-resistant Delta variant. But this should not be surprising. Wow, it's surprising to me. shocks the heck out of me. An epidemiologist named Caitlin Jettelina, she said this in the Washington Post, the more vaccinated a population, the more we'll hear of the vaccinated getting infected, she said. And remember, Israel's the most vaccinated population in the world. About 60% of the entire population has received at least one vaccine dose. Among adults, 85% have been vaccinated. Countries with high vaccinations will see mostly vaccinated people getting ill from COVID. Now, this came from a political analyst, Aria Kovler. The people who are not testing positive in this current outbreak are those who have had COVID-19 previously and recovered. Uh-oh natural immunity. Those people account for 9% of Israel's population, but less than 1% of recent infections. In protecting against infection, the Washington Post published this about Israel. Over there, protecting against infection, Pfizer vaccines are 95% effective for the Alpha variant, but only 64% effective for the Delta variant. In preventing symptomatic cases, Pfizer vaccines are 97% effective for the Alpha variant, but only 64% for the Delta variant. In preventing hospitalization and serious diseases, Pfizer vaccines are 97.5% effective for the Alpha variant, and they're still 93% effective for the Delta variant. So while the Pfizer vaccine is less effective against Delta, the vaccine's effectiveness still far exceeds the 50% vaccine efficacy threshold required for WHO approval. Just because a variant emerges that renders the vaccines less effective doesn't mean those vaccines weren't effective in the first place. So here's a good question. In Israel, what is their post-vaccination outbreak, out, outbreak? What does the post-vaccination outbreak look like compared to the pre-vaccination? Well, while some vaccinated people are testing positive and being hospitalized, the current post-vaccination outbreak is just a fraction 
of the country's worst pre-vaccination outbreak in January. Currently, cases are less than one-tenth as many as during January's peak. Hospitalizations during the current outbreaks are less than one-sixteenth of January's peak. Put differently, Israel is currently averaging 120 weekly hospital admissions. In January, the country averaged 2,000 weekly hospital admissions. Most importantly, admission intensive care units for severe COVID cases is less than 120th the number of admissions in January. So why did I go all the way through this for you and give you all these numbers? Here's what I want to point out to you. Politicians, partisan media folks, and even partisan healthcare people, they can spin numbers and make numbers that are really telling a sad story, a bleak story. They can spin them as what you just heard being done in the Washington Post to make it all look, it's bad, folks, all oh, but it could be much worse. And if they weren't doing what they're doing the way they were doing it, as bad as it is over there, 70% of the new cases are people who have been vaccinated, it would be, it'd be 90% if they weren't doing their best. And of course, when you have more people vaccinated, that means more people have been injected with particles of COVID-19. That's the way the body creates antibodies to naturally fight these viruses and bacteria that invade our bodies. So that means there are going to be people that are going to react not to COVID from somebody else, but the little bits of COVID that are put in the COVID vaccine that they've been jabbed with. You can spin it and spin it and spin it and make it look good. But guess what on the other end of the spectrum? Listen to this. Sweden has announced that it's going to lift all remaining coronavirus restrictions by the end of September. Denmark already did that. Denmark is turning to no restrictions nationwide this weekend. Now, Sweden placed emphasis on personal responsibility. They shied away from introducing the draconian lockdown measures seen throughout much of the Western world, kind of like what we're about to go into here in the U.S. It's a popular misconception that Sweden has not implemented some restrictions over the past 18 months. There's been no blanket stay-at-home lockdown and mask-wearing orders in Sweden. Social distancing, it's been optional, still is. Swedish government has imposed curfews on some businesses as well as shutting down sporting venues and public swimming pools, but no total lockdowns at all, none. During the winter in their wave of the virus, the government also banned alcohol sales after 10 p.m. They reduced maximum permitted public gatherings from 50 to 8 people, and they switched many high schools to online teaching. Travel, also some restrictions put in place. Last week, tourists from Israel were barred from the country. Go figure, based on the story we just gave to you. In a press conference on Tuesday this week, Health and Social Affairs Minister announced the remaining restrictions as well as the recommendation to work from home are going to be lifted by the end of this month. The important message is that we now take further steps in the return to normal everyday life, he said. Our view has all the time been that restrictions should be lifted as soon 
as possible. I didn't hear any of that from our president last night. I didn't. He didn't ever talk about any of this going away. Folks, what we're hearing from the White House, what we're hearing from this government is where they want us to go right now is permanent. It's totalitarian. It's forever. If that doesn't scare the bejesus out of you, there's something wrong with you folks. Totalitarianism. Put that in the context of what happened Hirohito in Japan, Adolf Hitler in Germany, Mussolini in Italy, Stalin in Russia. Look at East Germany under communist control. Human life meant nothing in those environments, absolutely nothing. And there was either one person or an extremely small group of people that ran everything in those nations. Joe Biden, he wants us not only to go back to that, to go to that. We've never had that here. But remember all those finger waggers that kept pointing at Donald Trump, accusing him of pushing the nation for that so he could take over and control everything? You remember that? Even though his executive orders paled in number to those of Barack Obama, who bragged about with a telephone and a pen, I can run this government. And he tried hard with numerous executive orders on everything. Nobody questioned him. Well, nobody that was really conservative. And that's on the conservative side of this. It doesn't matter how evil somebody is. If they're allowed to perpetuate and keep that evil going. If they're allowed to implement, get something started, nobody pushes back. Nobody says, ho, 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 wait a minute, you can't do that. Nobody ties somebody's feet to the law. Do you think that what is happening right now in Afghanistan, how many Afghani people do we have here in the nation that we know don't have COVID? How many? We don't know. Why would we not test them? Why don't we test people coming across the southern border from Mexico into the United States? If Donald Trump was president, first of all, there wouldn't be the numbers like this, but if they were coming in, we would know two things for certain about anybody that set foot on American soil. They would either, we would know they don't have COVID-19, But even before that, we would know they are not terrorists. They are not a threat to the American people. They wouldn't be allowed to step foot here. We don't have a clue about hundreds of thousands of people that the Biden administration coming from Afghanistan, maybe through Germany, maybe through Qatar, Dohan, maybe maybe coming through those places, but coming here eventually. You remember they told us... um, those special passports for those Afghan people that had green cards, the ones that were given all of that because they worked with us over the last 20 years over in Afghanistan, those were the people we were going to get out of here. The first big batch, 2,000, went to that base, military base in Wisconsin. Those people all had been vetted. They had those cards, right? 
And then we find out from a Republican congressman from Wisconsin that military bases in his district, not a single one of the 2,000 Afghan refugees that are there, not a single one has been vetted through that passport and visa process by our government. They just happen to be first to get on the plane. And they got out, and they're here. There's no restriction to keep them on base. They're actually calling Ubers to come pick them up and take them to restaurants to eat, and they can walk out, walk back in anytime they want to. It's wide open. We verified that's factual. Same thing happening at one military base in Virginia. The locals are complaining because the government is just letting them go anywhere they want, no restrictions, and absolutely no idea who these people are. Those in the know like to stay in the realm of innovation. Join them. It's easy to keep up with the latest trends and own the latest tech with BMW Select as it offers you the option to drive a brand new BMW. BMW every three years. You also get to tailor your deal to suit your pocket and your lifestyle. Visit select.bmw.co.za for more. BMW Select, dynamic finance for ultimate control. BMW Financial Services is an authorized FSP and registered credit provider. T's and C's apply. Biggie bag, huh? It's new from Wendy's. It's everything you ever wanted for just five bucks. Everything I ever wanted? Wendy's bacon double stack, four nuggets, fries, a drink, and the spelling bee medal you lost in second grade because you couldn't spell soliloquy. It really is everything I ever wanted. Get a bacon double stack with a quarter pound of fresh beef, nuggets, fries, and a drink for just five bucks. Wendy's Biggie Bag is everything you ever wanted. Sorry, I'm going to need all that back. Really? Some more news out of the White House. You know who Ron Klain is? Ron is, um, I guess he's Joe Biden's right-hand man. He's been around a long time in politics. Um, He's got a speckled past. He's not really one of those guys that's uh, in the limelight there. Well, he's in Dutch today. He's the White House chief of staff. He's getting blasted on social media because he retweeted a post that seemed to praise the Biden administration for, and I'm going to quote here, pulling off the ultimate workaround for a national COVID vaccine requirement. President proposed rules that would force private sector employers with more than 100 workers. Everybody's got to be vaccinated. Businesses that don't comply are going to face a $14,000 per offense An administration official said the mandate is going to affect as many as 100 million people. Well, the New York Times pointed out that OSHA is tasked with overseeing workplace safety, and they do have the authority to quickly issue a rule known as an emergency temporary standard 
if it can show that workers are exposed to a grave danger and that the rule is necessary to address that specific danger. And it's got to be feasible for employers to enforce. Ted Cruz retweeted a post warning Ron Klain that courts consider intention when hearing cases, and the retweet could prove to be problematic during future challenges. Court challenges, I mean, they're lining up to do it, folks. States and organizations in the dozens. As of airtime this morning, there were 19 different states that were planning to file lawsuits for this as soon as that order is put in place by the White House. Cruz tweeted, important, foolish RT from White House Chief of Staff, retweet. He said the quiet part out loud. Biden administration knows it's illegal, like was the eviction moratorium, but they don't care. Now, Cruz was referring to the Supreme Court's ruling last month that blocked the Biden administration from continuing that eviction ban that they put in place because of coronavirus. The court said the CDC, who is actually the one that created that um, ban on, uh, they call it a, a moratorium on eviction. Court said the CDC lacked the authority to reimpose the moratorium earlier that month without congressional approval. Klain did not immediately respond to a request for an email last night about his tweet. Members of Congress, especially Republicans and state governors, have promised to challenge the mandate. Um, Klain's in a bit of trouble, but what he did was he kind of exposed the real reasoning that was used to make this thing happen. When you look back at those sound bites we played from Biden on December 4th and December 14th when he was asked by the media, are you for or will you support or will you initiate a mandatory vaccine process? And in both cases, he immediately said, absolutely not. That's not what we do here. I'm going to use my power as president, and I'm paraphrasing, but basically he said, I'm going to use my power as president to try to talk people into doing realistic, reasonable things to protect themselves medically and everybody around them. Didn't last long, did it? Well, some bad news for Biden leaked out this morning. In addition to the uproar and furor from people all across the country about his uh, vaccination mandate, the Bureau of Labor Statistics Producer Price Index, it was announced, rose 0.7% compared with July. And looking back, comparing it to a year ago, the index is up already 8.3%, the fastest pace of price increases in data going back to 2010. Who was president and vice president? Who was in office then? 2010, let me think, let me think. Oh, it was Barack and Joe. Economists had forecast the prices to rise by 0.6% on a monthly basis, down from the 1% rise reported for July and June. On an annual basis, prices were expected to be up 8.3%. Prices for final demand services, those used for personal consumption or exports, rose 0.7%. The index for final demand goods moved up. 1%. In other words, folks, what does this mean? Boil it down. Inflation is skyrocketing. 
inflation is skyrocketing. Some interesting news was pointed out to me overnight about uh, this vaccination plan. Um, Biden announced that 17 million health care workers that are employed in facilities that get federal Medicare or Medicaid will also have to be fully vaccinated. And uh, that with the federal employees represent about 100 million Americans. Biden actually said this, and I should have grabbed this piece of the soundbite, but I didn't. He said this, we've been patient, but our patience is wearing thin. While America's much better shape than it was several months ago when I took office, I need to tell you a second fact. We're in a tough stretch, and it could be lasting for a while. Now, he's targeting 80 million Americans. But guess who's left out of this? Guess who's not even mentioned? 30% of illegal immigrants that are being held already at federal detention facilities They refuse to be vaccinated. And guess what else? They have that option. Meanwhile, more than 18% of migrant families who recently crossed the border tested positive for COVID before being released by Border Patrol. Another 20% of unaccompanied minors tested positive for the virus. His new rule for employers with over 100 employees will be issued through the Labor Department, but it doesn't impact illegal immigrants. They can't enforce it, folks. So in other words, if you slipped into the nation illegally, if you got across the southern border and you made it in, you have a better deal regarding vaccines, mask wearing, you have a better deal than an American citizen has. And then on top of that, the federal taxpayer is going to pay for your housing, going to pay for food, going to pay for your health care, going to pay for your kids' education. And besides that, you're going to get a $1,200 a month check for every member of your family. And that doesn't even include the Afghan refugees that are coming in. The same rules about any vaccination mandate apply to them that apply to the illegal immigrants crossing our southern border. They all get a free pass. No requirements, no accountability. So, Joe is so mad at the unvaccinated Americans. He hadn't even mentioned his feelings for the unvaccinated illegals and these other immigrants that are coming here and they're brought here. It'll be 200,000 eventually, we are told. We are brought here in good faith that they're going to fall right in line. But if they're not citizens of the United States, the rules don't necessarily apply. Wow. Wow. Wow, 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 wow. So what about the spending in the old federal government? Where are we going? You don't hear anything about it. We've got all these big bills. We still have that $3.5 trillion uh, package that's 
The House is out there touting. They're pushing hard for the Senate to get it rolling. Where do we stand in all our spending? Hadn't heard CNN talk about it. Hadn't even heard the Wall Street Journal or Forbes. Haven't heard CNN or MSNBC. Haven't even heard Fox talk about it. Well, in one month alone, month of August, we spent as a government $173 billion more than we brought in. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. $173 billion deficit in one month alone. So, what does that mean for the total so far this year? $2.7 trillion. We are upside down. We've borrowed a quarter of a billion dollars per month so far this year. A lot of that debt was justified, we're told, because of the COVID crisis. But with the CBO, the Congressional Budget Office, projecting our national debt's going to hit a new record, it's time to take stock of our fiscal situation. That was Maya McGinnis, president of the Committee for a Responsible Federal Budget. Policymakers can't keep heading down an unsustainable path. Short-term thinking is what left us with so much debt before the pandemic. As lawmakers freely cut taxes, hike spending during the economic expansion, while failing to address the rising cost of health care and retirement programs, she said. She said legislation such as a Democrat's $3.5 trillion budget reconciliation bill is going to make the country's financial situation worse. The bipartisan infrastructure plan would increase the deficit by several hundred billion dollars. Meanwhile, reconciliation and appropriation bills under discussion could borrow even more. We learned last week Social Security and Medicare are only a few years from insolvency. We should be working to secure those programs, not debating whether to deficit finance, new spending, and tax cuts. Just more and more and more and more examples of how we just cannot get it all together. How bad is it? Well, let me give you an example of it. You know Nancy Pelosi. You know she's from San Francisco. She's and her husband, multi-billionaires. They made hundreds of millions of dollars off of deals that only were made available to them because of Nancy's position and power in government. That's a fact, folks. It's documented. She's been popped. Uh, She even got uh, just in big trouble years ago in the House of Representatives from purposely using information that she got because of her political position to buy a bunch of stock and sell a bunch of stock, which is illegal, by the way. Well, she rides herd on a lot of things out there in California. Lauren Bobert, freshman congressperson, she's actually a woman, obviously, from Colorado. She took the Speaker of the House to task for a piece, a part of that budget reconciliation bill that the House is dealing with and trying to get it pushed over to the Senate to get it past $3.5 trillion. Listen to what Bobert has to say to the House Speaker about this one little bitty part of that spending deal as it refers and applies to Nancy Pelosi's San Francisco. Thank you, Mr. Chairman. This amendment would amend the blatantly political payout from this spending package that would directly benefit Speaker Pelosi's district. 
the $200 million proposed for the Presidio Trust was clearly done at the, at the behest of Speaker Pelosi and would be an egregious waste of taxpayer resources. It also runs counter to the enabling statute of the Presidio Trust. The, the Presidio Trust of San Francisco is a 1,500-acre former military installation now used as a public recreation area with the Golden Gate National Recreation Area. Congress created the Presidio Trust in 1996 to manage roughly 80% of the Presidio and mandated the agency to become self-sufficient by uh, FY 2012. If the trust failed to achieve this self-sufficiency and continued to rely on taxpayer funding, the Trust Act stated that all property under the administrative jurisdiction of the trust be disposed of and any real property so transferred shall be deleted from the boundary of the Golden Gate National Recreation System. In recent years, this trust has sought $200 million to redevelop up to 22 historic Spanish colonial barracks at its 30-acre Fort Scott site and turn it into a, quote, place for change, end quote. According to the trust CEO, Jean Frazier, the trust envisioned re, uh, renovating these, quote, buildings so that people who are working in the environmental or social justice areas would have a place to do great work in this magnif magnificent setting, end quote. The original plan laid out by the Presidio Trust in 2018 was to find a wealthy a philanthropist to come in and fund this $200 million project it is clear that that never materialized, and yet the trust has found a new philanthropist to fund this liberal, quote, place for change, end quote, and that is the American taxpayer who did not sign up to be a philanthropist for such. Clearly, a $200 million direct appropriation runs counter to the original intent of the trust and is very inappropriate way to spend limited taxpayer resources. This is an obvious giveaway to Speaker Pelosi and the powerful elites in San Francisco that support her. And the U.S. taxpayer gets stuck with a bill. This amendment would reduce the obscene amount proposed for this suspect earmark and will also prohibit the trust from using taxpayer funds on any of the pristine golf courses, high-end hotels, or luxury homes and apartments in the Presidio. In addition, this amendment will delay this pet project from being funded until the legitimate maintenance backlog, backlog hampering our federal lands is completed first. The current backlog is over $20 billion. I strongly urge my colleagues to vote yes on this amendment. And I yield back. Bobert introduced the amendment to cut that $200 million. You know, it's just a little bitty piece. We're talking about $3.5 trillion. Three and a half trillion. I mean, two hundred million is just a speck. We can afford that. We we need to take care. You know, the Presidio, it's on federal land. We need to take care of it, folks. We've already built luxury hotels, luxury condos and apartments, multiple golf courses in that property, and it's all for private. Some of it for public use, but for exclusive use of people that live in San Francisco, and it needs some repair, 
And even though when it was founded and even in the deal that was cut with the federal government, it said if they can't take care of it, if the Presidio, if that uh, fund that's put together, if they can't take care of it, then the property ownership will revert back to the taxpayers, the people of America, the federal government. And Pelosi is trying to slip into the bill that you and I, we're going to pay that $200 million to take care of the Presidio in her city because they can't have those unsightly golf courses and other pieces of property not looking nice. Folks, that's a wrap on the day. It's a big day tomorrow. Don't just try to block it out. I don't know if you know anybody that was involved in it, but it was an attack against Our Lady that stands in the harbor there that represents all this country stands for, the Statue of Liberty. She represents us. She's still there. If there's anything good, there's anything good that we can think about and look to, besides God, Lady Liberty stands there, and she's still there. Let's thank God together for that. When the night seems to say all hope is lost, gone away, but I know I'm not.
Stand.